And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. And before we get into our Encounter with God, nobody has snapped up the quiz. And by the way, I don't know the answer yet. Are you, you what? All this time you haven't known the answer? Yeah, I've been oh, kind of I'm keeping that a so secret. Stoked. Okay, so I think I, I think I do. I'm, I'm absolutely confident to 98% confident. Well, I'm really excited that Lyle... But because I'm only 98%, you're still on two prizes. I'm really excited that, Lyle, you don't know the answer because that's exactly what it means. It means if someone else can get this quiz right before Lyle does, we're going to send them two clues, a third clue. I think we should never play this quiz with Kelvin. <laughs> Why? Because some of our quizzes are, you know, they start off with his obscure, obscure, uh, and he is the expert on all things obscure in the Bible. Okay, third clue. Who am I? I am a priest, the son of Buzai. The Lord refers to me as the son of man. Do you still know the answer now? Not know the answer? The Lord refers to Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's easy. That's so easy. Okay, no more double prizes. Son of man, do this. Son of man, do that. Son of man, do the other. But you still get a single prize. Never calls him by his first name or his Uh last name or any other Uh name. It's just always like, son of man. So if you want to if you want to get a, a He's not prize, the son of man, He's you won't get two prizes. You'll get a prize. Give us a call now one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Yeah, and that was exactly who I thought it was too. Okay, good. So if it, if I'd have been in a if I'd have been in a quiz, I would have guessed it <coughs> and got it right. But anyway, I didn't know it for a hundred percent. Yes. Okay, where are we up to in our study of the Bible? Our encounter with God this morning. We are in the book of Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter nine. Acts chapter 9. I can't believe we're so far into August already. I mean, I mean it's only six days, but the year. Hey, guess who we're studying about today? Uh, Paul. Yeah, guess who else? Uh, Actually, no, no, not Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul. Uh, 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 Barnabas. Nope. And an ice and Sapphira. No, Priscilla and Aquila. No, 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 Come on, major, major Bible characters. We're talking about Giselle today. Giselle Butchin? No. The supermodel? No. No. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if she was in the Bible. You, you, know, you didn't know that Giselle was in the Bible? No, I did not. There you go. <laughs> Giselle is in the Bible. Coming up. There you go. Stay tuned. Who would have We will have be talking it? about Giselle a little bit further on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so where are we? Acts chapter 9. You want to read for us this 32 to 35, please? 32 to 35 says, Meanwhile, Peter travelled from place to place and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas. Aeneas. Aeneas, who had been paralyzed. That's my guess. Aeneas. Greek people, please don't crucify us. Yes, please don't call on yell. Who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. Uh-huh. There you go. So that's a whole, a whole city that comes to Jesus Christ. Well, it sounds like two cities, Lydda and Sharon. Okay, two cities that come to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a, that's a remarkable yeah. conversion rate right there. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And that would certainly have caught the attention of the church or the leaders of the Jewish religion who at this particular time were persecuting. We've been reading about all this persecution that's been breaking out and we read about how the disciples were spread all over the country and now as a result of the disciples being spread all over the country, Peter has gone on a, um, a pastoral visit. Mm-hmm. 
This is the early version of a circuit rider, a circuit riding preacher. Okay, okay, yeah. The circuit riding preacher was back in the day, you know, used to have churches all over the country and the circuit riding preacher used to go around from one church to the next, to the next, to the next. Like the very first church that was built in Australia, guess where it was built? In Melbourne? <laughs> no, <laughs> not in Melbourne. Oh, oh, the first Adventist church was not built no, in no, Melbourne? No, not the first Adventist one, the first church. Oh, the first church. Yes, the first church. Oh, I, oh you got me there, It's Lyle. in Wilberforce in New South Wales. Oh, really? Hey, Wilberforce. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. You wouldn't expect that, because, but it's up there on the uh, Hawkesbury River. And, of course, they had um, transport. Water transport was key. There was no oh, land link to Sydney. Uh, but there was a water tra- water link, and so um, our oldest church in Australia is in Wilberforce. Oh, there you go. And a beautiful little church. You can go there, have a picnic, um, look inside. It's um, There's a little uh, cafe there and whatnot. It's, uh, it's really, really, really quite nice. We should go do that, little Faith Evan yeah. excursion. Yeah. And it was part of uh, a five-church circuit. Mm-hmm. So there was Wilberforce, there was North Richmond, there was Pitt Town, there was Windsor, and there was Singleton. Hey, Singleton. Hey. <laughs> now, to get from Wilberforce to Singleton, you had to cross the Blue Mountains on horseback. Oh, wow. And that would have taken you several days. Yeah, that's no mean feat. And so back in the day, this is how pastors used to used to do it. They used to travel from one church to the next. They'd travel on horseback. They would minister to the spiritual needs in that particular community. And then they would travel to the next one. And that's what Peter's doing. Wow. Okay. He's, he's, a, he's become a circuit rider. I'm not sure whether he had a horse or not. Or a donkey or any other form of transport other than uh, Shank's pony. Mm-hmm. But, um, yep, he's out there and and, uh, and and he's traveling around. He's strengthening the believers. He's preaching. He's teaching. Um, he's being an evangelist. You've got whole cities that are becoming Christians. And so you can see that, you know, they talk about the blood of the martyrs being seed. You know, there's a famous saying the blood of the martyrs is seed mm-hmm. and you've got the martyrdom of Stephen and it's just like seed. You've got this big pile of seed right there in Jerusalem. It's like a strong wind has come along and just gone, you know, just blown on it and now the stuff has just spread everywhere and you think the the horror of the Jewish leadership at this time as they see the gospel just going like, what well, they, they thought they were about to crush it and destroy it and it was all going to be over. And now it's just gone everywhere. Mm, mm. And you've got whole cities that, that are coming to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, of course, this is, is, is the result of uh, um, the healing of this man. What was his name again? Anais. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anais. <coughs> Excuse me. Bit of a weird name. Yeah, a bit of a weird name. How long had he been ill for? 18 years. Can you imagine? And you sort of wonder why was it that Jesus never went down there and healed him? Sorry, eight years, not 18 years. I thought it was eight. Yeah, eight. Eight. Yeah. But he's been he's been bedridden and paralyzed for eight years. Can you imagine being in bed for eight years? My brother's been in bed for a week now and he's already losing his mind. Yeah, I bet he is. Yeah, <laughs> fella. Ah, we feel for you, Marty. Just a little bit. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So eight years. So this is this is somebody who his illness predates uh, the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Mm, that's right. Yeah. He must three have- and a half years now after the death of Christ. And you've got three and a half years of Jesus' ministry. That's seven years. This guy was ill before Jesus began his ministry, and Jesus never healed him. And I'm sure he would have heard. Oh, of course. I'm sure every single sick person in the entire known world then would have heard about the miracle maker uh-huh. and, and would have hoped that they would be. And, of course, Jesus would have known also because Jesus, yeah, he's yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
But no, he leaves this person there. He leaves this person for Peter to heal because he knows the result. And, mm. you know, this, there's a really important lesson here because sometimes when we pray for things, so often people have come to me and they say, well, my prayers don't work. My prayers never get answered. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in Anais's shoes. He has been bedridden, so he's actually not wearing shoes probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> put yourself in his situation. He's been bedridden for all of this time. And uh, he, uh, as a result of that, he has, um, you know, obviously you would be praying for healing. Nobody, nobody ends up in, in, in hospital pretty much, uh, particularly in a religious society like that, and doesn't pray for healing. And nothing happens. And year after year after year, nothing happens. And then no doubt he hears about Jesus and he has this opportunity for healing. And he's praying and hoping that Jesus will come and Jesus doesn't come. In fact... We could say that Jesus avoids the place and avoids him. How would you feel if you were Aeneas and you knew that Jesus was avoiding you, that God was avoiding you and God was not answering your prayer? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd feel abandoned. Would you feel that, would you give up on prayer? No, I don't know that I'd give up on prayer because... Would you say, well, God doesn't love me, God doesn't care about me, you know, I'm going to stop praying? I'd be very tempted to think like that. Yeah, after eight years, you you would be And maybe you as a listener have gone through or or are going through something similar Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've been praying about something for a long time. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's um, a friend that is suffering from something. Maybe it's a temptation. I don't know. And you're asking for a miracle and that miracle has not come. Have you given up on Jesus Christ? Have you given up on asking? Now, here's an interesting question. Here's an interesting thought. The reason that Jesus doesn't heal Aeneas is because Jesus wants Peter to heal Aeneas because he knows that if Peter heals Aeneas, two whole cities are going to give their lives mm. to him. Mm-hmm. And then if you're Aeneas, what decision would you know would you make knowing the future? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So now put yourself in Anais's situation. Yeah. Well, you can put yourself in his shoes because he's healed now. Yeah. Um, <coughs> put yourself in Anais's situation, eight years on, and he is healed, and two whole cities give their life to Jesus Christ. That's a higher success rate than a lot of evangelists. Two whole cities, and all yes. I have to do is lie in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah. <laughs> Those who enjoy their beds are going, oh, yes, I'm going to become an evangelist today. <laughs> Let me go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't work like that. But um, when, when you think about it from that perspective, do you think that Anais would have a different perspective on why yeah. he had not been healed until that point? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually just want to share a quote with you. I just was Googling it as you were speaking. It was one that came to mind. Um, it's, it's, it's from the writings of E.G.Y. And it says, God never leads his children otherwise than they would choose to be led if they could see the end from the beginning. Such a great quote. Yeah. Yeah, and discern the glory of his purpose of which they are fulfilling as co-workers with him. Mm. So it's like saying, hey, do you know what? We don't always know the plan, but if we did know the plan, we wouldn't. We would absolutely choose mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to do what God has mm-hmm. planned. So Anais, I truly believe, if he was privy to the plan, he would have absolutely chosen to be bedridden for eight years. And after having been bedridden for eight years, being healed, um, and these whole cities giving their lives to Jesus Christ, I think that he would have been able to see the plan. And then if you'd have been able to wind back time, 
Mm. to when he first got ill and he first started to pray for healing and said, okay, you've got two options. You can be healed right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be good for you. Mm-hmm. Or you can be healed in eight years' time and two whole cities are going to be converted as, as a result. The choice is yours. Yeah. You know, which choice are you going to take? Anais, as being a, a, a devout person, somebody who loves God, you know what choice he's going to make. Because if you think about it, eight years is just a drop in the ocean, in the ocean of eternity. And mm. you think two whole cities of people that will now be able to rejoice enjoy in eternity. heaven together. And yeah, and enjoy eternity. In, like, how amazing is that? Like, he's never going to remember the pain of those eight years. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have two whole cities of people that he probably knows and loves um, with him for the for all of eternity in heaven. Like, mm-hmm. it's an incredible payoff. It is. It is. <coughs> <coughs> okay. So, moving on from there, uh, we need to come to... Okay, let's go over to um, let's go to Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. If you could read that for us, Mon. Luke 5, verse 17 to 26. And we're going to look at a parallel here with something that Jesus did, um, something that was very similar to what... Peter did, and we're going to uh, yeah consider how, I guess, Peter really in his ministry was following the example of Jesus Christ, and which, uh, how else do you do ministry but, you know, do what you have seen taking place? Mm. So as soon as, we, <clears throat> as soon as we press pause on Paul and head over to Peter now, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah. we're going to have Peter for uh, a few more chapters yet. Paul is... Um, he is. We're basically backtracking a little bit back now, back to the time of the stoning of Stephen, and Paul's out in the desert. Okay, yeah. So Paul's gone to. Yeah, he's in the yeah, desert. He's yeah. in Arabia. Yeah. And he's going to be doing some deep Bible study for the next three years. And uh, once he's finished that, we will come back to him. Not in three little years. <laughs> that was a weird noise. What was that? Sorry, noise? I was drinking water. I was drinking water. <laughs> no, no, no. But I just, I just felt, I felt, felt that it was necessary to put my bottle down quickly to just explain to our listeners, in three years, we won't be coming back to Paul. We'll be coming back to Paul in the next few, few weeks. <laughs> yes, but in three years' time in the Bible, we'll be coming back to Paul. Yeah, it's going to take it. If we, we, well, you know, it'd be a pretty exciting study on the book of Acts if we spent three years on the next three chapters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We would be going deep. I mean, deep In 2021, deep. Faith FM finally gets back to Paul. <laughs> finally okay. gets to chapter 11. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay, so Luke chapter 5. And what verses were you after again? 17 to 26. 17 to 26. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, 
picked up his mat and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Ah, there Such you go. a cool story. A very cool story. I love the lowering down through the roof bit. Yeah, how would you feel, Mon, if somebody, uh, if you had a you know a house party happening, lots of and, and a VIP guest, uh-huh. and uh, somebody started tear off your roof? Yeah, did you get access? It's like, yeah, how are we going to get into this house? There's too many people in this house. I know what we'll do. We'll just tear the roof off. But do you know what? If I was a paralyzed person and I thought this was my only my last ditch effort to get healing, I'd be tearing every roof off town. I tell you what. Did Jesus start by healing him? No, he forgives his sins. I, I sometimes wonder whether or not he was disappointed. I don't think he was. Yeah. This is my opinion. I'm going to share my opinion. Okay. My opinion was that this was a man who was racked by guilt. Okay. And the guilt was had been just destroying him and he could not find forgiveness. He could not find freedom for, from guilt. And Jesus recognized it and Jesus gave him the healing he needed most first. Amen. And I tend to think, in my opinion, he was happy. He would have been happy to be carried out of that room having had his sins forgiven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he took up his bed and he walked out was even better. That was definitely yeah. added a, bonus. Uh, an added bonus. <laughs> but uh, there is nothing worse than having a guilty conscience and mm-hmm. there is nothing better than coming to Jesus and having cleansing from that from that guilt. Mm-hmm, sweet and, and you can, And you as a listener, you can experience that right now. Just simply get on your knees and take your sins to Jesus Christ and he will take away your sins. You will have freedom and you will you will feel like you are walking on air because it's all been taken care of. Mm. And you can leave them there. You don't have to go back and pick them up and start feeling guilty yep. again next week. You can just leave it there for That's good. That's right. Done Stand and dusted. Up, pick up your bed, walk, walk away, mm-hmm. and they are done. They are gone. Maybe leave your bed behind. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> but... Uh, we sleep on slightly bigger beds these days than what they did back then. But, um, yeah, great story and a great parallel to the story of Aeneas in many ways in that, um, yeah, just some fantastic healing and the effect that it then has on the people that are around about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they said that they were gripped with wonder and awe and they praised God. But yet with the healing of the um, of Aeneas, you have two whole cities that are converted. So, I don't know, I think it's like almost like a discount reaction. Which is strange because okay. in one of them they have Jesus in, before them. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, the greatest healer of all time for sure. Okay, we're going we're to continue, but let's go back to Acts chapter nine because we have still not get gotten to Giselle. Okay, Acts chapter nine. Okay, yep. Do you like that name, Giselle? Yeah, it's not bad. It reminds me of African animals that jump around a bit. You know, there's mm-hmm. like springbooky kind of things. Yep. Okay, chapter nine, verse th- start in verse thirty six. Start in verse, start there. Keep reading till I say stop. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which okay, stop in- right there. <laughs> 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 Here I was thought I was going for a marathon. Yeah, you read like 10, 15 yeah, verses. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <coughs> okay, what was her name? Tabitha. Okay, so that's her Aramaic name. Yep. What was her Greek name? So yep. Aramaic was the language spoken by Jewish people. So it was mm-hmm. like like Jewish for that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the rest of the verse says, which in Greek is Dorcas. Okay, so her Greek name is Dorcas. Uh-huh. What's her English name? Uh, it doesn't say. It doesn't. The, the Bible doesn't tell you what her English name is. I mean, not in this verse right here. Does her it? English name is Giselle? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, or Gazelle. Ah, oh, Tabitha Dorcas. Those are very different names. <laughs> they are, aren't they? But it actually means the animal that jumps around in Africa. Oh, it really is that animal. That's, that's what it is. Tabitha, oh. Tabitha is the Aramaic word for that particular creature. Oh, that's really cool. Those are very yeah. graceful, happy, funny little animals. Beautiful. Just, yeah. just, just very 
elegant. Yes, you, you yeah. look at you look yeah. at the face of uh, of a gazelle, and it's 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 very elegant. It is refined. It sort of makes a goat sort of look more butch and agricultural. Yeah, yeah. Um, and less refined. It makes it look bogan. Yeah, that's right. A, goat, a, goat's, a goat's just a bit bogan and a goat's, of course, going to jump around and climb on the tallest thing that it can find. And, and um, So a Gisela is like your Ferrari and a goat is like a Ford. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, all the Ford lovers out there have just been scandalised. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. This is Home Free. Say 
Just love that song, How Great yeah, Thou Art. And don't they do a it? Just, yeah, just a, an awesome ending to it. It's just, it's inspiring. It, it is. is. It is uh, majestic. Majestic music right there with uh, Home Free with uh, How Great Thou Art. Okay, so we were talking about, who were we talking about? Gazelle. Oh, Gazelle. That's mm-hmm. right. We're talking about Gazelle. And next we're talking about El McPherson in the Bible. Is that what you're about to tell me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so this person has three very distinctly different names. I mean, just in translation, Tabitha, Dorcas, Gazelle. They're nothing like each other whatsoever. No, not even closely yeah, not related. Even, yeah, yeah, not even mm-hmm. close. I like all of them. We yeah. had a car named Dorcas. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. I have a friend called Tabitha. Me too. Yeah, same friend. Same you know why our car was named Dorcas? No, I don't. Why it was kind of loaned to us. It was a bit of a charity um, Oh, I see. Car, so. Isn't there a society called the Dorcas Society or something like that? And they yeah, do all yeah, kinds of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do charitable, char- charitable work. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I think it's been mostly been taken over by ADRA here in Australia, but um, in other countries, yes, you have the whole uh, Dorcas Society happening. And have you ever met anyone called Dorcas, though? Because I feel like... I feel like it's like a sort of a, a name no one uses anymore because it kind of sounds like dorky. Our producer is nodding her head. Oh, was she it an old person? Yeah, yeah, she's also nodding her head. That's what, <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, because back in the day, uh, a, 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 dork, a dork was not a um, a word. And now it is. I wonder where it came from. I do not know. I feel like it sullied Dorcas. It has, and that's kind of sad. Anyway, let's. Um, why don't you go back to Acts chapter 9 and start in verse 36, and I'll tell you when to stop. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. <laughs> there was a belief... Stop. Keep going. Let's read the story. This is a great story. Let's read it. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, <laughs> which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby and lit up, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, uh, that's kind of strange, isn't it? Somebody dies, and you ask, um, "Well, I guess it's not that strange." It's a little bit like, well, you know, you have to have the ministers come along and do the funeral, right? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Were they asking for the funeral? They're asking for a miracle here. Mm-hmm. In the out. context, it sounds like they are asking for a miracle, but a miracle that is of the rarest, rarest kind of miracle, and that's a resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, keep going. I mean, do they have any proof that this could be done? Like, are they are they pinning their hope on something? Like, have they heard of an, another resurrection other than Jesus? Well, there are a number of resurrections in the Bible for certain. Okay. I just counted eight. Eight. Eight yeah. before this one, though? Including this one. Ah, okay. Be interesting to know the timeline. One, one, one of them after this one. Okay, okay. 
So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. That is so sweet. Oh, yeah. But Peter asked them all to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. I think Dorcas was somebody who did um, crocheting. (laughs) Oh, thanks, Lyle. May we feel special. (laughs) Uh, Peter knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and he presented her to them alive. (coughs) The news spread through the whole town and many believed in the Lord. And Tabitha stayed a lot, sorry, and Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Very cool story. Amazing, actually. Awesome story. And of course, that city is now known as Jaffa. 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 Oh, yum. Yeah. Um, but this, this is really cool. This is like, once again, you see the Lord using, you know, a healing to, to or a resurrection this, in, this, in this story to bring believers to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Remember um, a, a, a missionary who was um, in Papua New Guinea, a friend of my dad's, um, telling a story one time about uh, um, a young child that died. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they were in this village, and the village was on a ridge top. And if any any of you have looked at the topography of New Guinea, it's just all up and down, and incredibly steep, incredibly high mountains, just you know the most <coughs> wild terrain imaginable. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they're on this ridge top in this village, and they can hear the wailing from the village on the other side. Okay. And they're like, "Oh, somebody's you know." And the message gets shouted across the valley, and and this young child has died. And of course, it's late at night. They've just arrived in this village after a long, you know, long hike to get there. And so, there's not really much they can do at this particular point. Mm-hmm. So the next day, they go across to the village on the other side to see what they can do. And you know, um, Dad's missionary friend, he was he was thinking, okay, you, you do what you do. You, you comfort the comfort the parents and bury the child, have a mm-hmm. funeral service. And so he's got that all ready in his head, um, getting himself in the in the mindset for a funeral service. Well, to get to the other side, the ridge on the other side, we, you know, it was close enough you could call across. But it took them all day to go down to the bottom of the valley and up the other side to get there. Oh. This is this is New Guinea for you. Yeah, this is yeah. PNG. Mm-hmm. And so when he arrives there, he's like, "Okay, yep, yeah, this is what we do. We um, comfort the parents and bury the child." And he's sort of in the in the process of starting to um, to organise a funeral service. But the uh, the young um, <coughs> the young native um, Papua New Guinea minister who was with him simply went up to the child, took it in his arms, and he says, Lord, you gave this, life, this, this child life in the first place and you can restore it again. And uh, the, the child came back to life. Wow. And, and, and he was just so incredibly humbled by that because he's like, I would never have asked for it. I would never have prayed for it. I would never have had that kind of simple childlike faith mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this uh, Melanesian man did. And uh, yeah, just you know, this is this is not something that happens on the. This, yeah. is, this is the the, the rarest of, of of miracles, but it, it is something that does take place. Wow, mm. that's incredible! Oh, it's a fantastic story. Yeah, hey, if you know any resurrection stories, give us a call now. <coughs> I'd love to hear missionary stories. In the Bible, I counted eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so let me see if I and if anybody can come up with another one from the Bible that I've missed. There was the resurrection of Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus came down and raised Moses from the dead. You can find that in the book of Jude. Okay. Um, then there was a man who was raised to life when he was thrown into a grave on top of Elisha's bones. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Okay. This, this is a good one for Kelvin and Weird, Wacky and Wonderful. 
Um, that's a that's a great story right there. And of course, it was to highlight Elisha's message. Uh, then there was uh, Elisha raised to life the uh, son of I think it was the Shunammite woman mm-hmm. who died of sunstroke. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, we come down to the New Testament, and you've got the son of the widow of Nain. You have Jairus's daughter. You have Lazarus. You have daughter Dorcas, and finally. Eutychus, who was raised to life by Paul. Hey. So that's eight. And, of course, there's Jesus Christ, if you want to make nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, if anyone can think of any other ones in the Bible, I would love to know. What about all those people who uh, got resurrected um, when Jesus oh, got resurrected? Oh, yes. Yeah. That's a big number of people right there. That's like right. 300 a or something? Multitude. Well, the Bible doesn't say. Okay. It says it uses the word multitude. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting Bible study you can do on that, which indicates that, um, yeah, maybe 600 or so. But in every instance of resurrection, is it not that the reaction is people are brought to, to, to be believing in Jesus because yes. of the reaction? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and in this um, Papua New Guinea situation, the village was a pagan village. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you know, the whole village became Christians as a result of what took place. I wonder maybe if that's maybe that's the reason why we don't see many resurrections happening like in Australia anymore because would we really be that affected by it? I don't know. Yeah. But even in Bible times over a period of 1,400 years, you only have nine resurrections. Yeah. Yeah, the Bible was written over, written over a span of 1,400 years and there's only nine resurrections. So that's not very many. That's one like every couple of hundred years. But we do have a resurrection which we can be part of. Oh, absolutely. Most definitely. If I do not die before the return of Jesus Christ, I plan to be a part of the great resurrection when Jesus returns. And we can all be part of that resurrection. Just you know, believe in Jesus and he will definitely take you to heaven with him. In the harvest field now ripen, there's a work for all to do. And hark, the master's voice is calling to the harvest, calling you. Does the place you're called to labor? If God is in it and he won't forsake his own, little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you.
be more forgiving a program called forgive to live it's designed to help us all improve our lives you'll discover the healing power of forgiveness a relationship breakdown long-term hurt unresolved conflict through forgive to live you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to live.org.au god sent his son They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He lived and died To buy my pardon An empty grave is there to prove Savior lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he
Listening to Anna Weatherup because he lives here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our quiz. I'm going to hit you with two clues. I forgot to earlier. Who am I? The Spirit of the Lord set me in a valley of dry bones. Mm-hmm. What? And the prophetic book following Lamentations was written by me. Give us a call if you know the answer. One eight hundred Faith FM. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. It is time for question of the day. So, what's our question of the day, Mon? Lyle, this one follows on from last week when <coughs> we asked you. What did we ask you? Where did the Bible come from? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Okay, this one. What is I kind of hinted at this one. You did, did you? Yeah, and yeah. someone went and asked it. Yep. You knew it was going to happen. What is the Apocrypha? Okay, so if you look in some Bibles, you're going to find the Apocrypha. So you'll find it in your Roman Catholic Bibles, um, spread throughout the Bible. You'll find it in early editions of the King James Version. Like if you're, you, you look at your 1611 King James, you'll have the Old Testament, the New Testament, and in between you have the Apocrypha. Wait a minute. Does that mean the Bible? These days are like discount Bibles. They don't have all the content. Yeah, something like that. What? You're missing a few books. What? Uh-huh. Or you can go to your Christian bookshop or your whatever bookshop and you can buy the Apocrypha by itself. How? Okay, so a lot of people are out there. Should the should the Apocrypha be part of the Bible? Um, should we be taking, you know, is, is this inspired matter that comes from God? Is there something missing from our Bible? You know, what's going on here? Are there, are there secret things here? And, and, of course, along with that, you've got, of course, um, various books, extra books that were in amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls. You've got your Gnostic Gospels. You need the um, Epistle of um, Thomas and Barnabas and Mary Magdalene and, and Judas. I feel, and is so there forth. like a conspiracy theory here? Like, is this the work? of Jesuits who have managed to get us to chop out a section of the Bible? Am I missing out on Blame some the sort Jesuits. of Bible promises that I'm missing out on that I could be claiming? Like, what's going on? Okay, so here's how it is. The Apocrypha is a collection of Jewish books. So this is not New Testament. These are Jewish books. So if they're going to go anywhere, you're going to put them in the Old Testament. Okay. Uh, they, are, they vary between um, Jewish novels Mm-hmm. And Jewish history, so uninspired Jewish history. So, say for instance, your books like you know, your Maccabees one, Maccabees two, that's Jewish history. That's not a part of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's other ones there. You know, Bell and the Dragon and so forth. These are Jewish novels. Okay. And they have no, you know, they have no foundation. You know, the, the Jewish people don't accept them as being inspired. So, you know, if the authors of these books the Jews, mm-hmm. do not accept them as being an inspired part of Scripture, then what right do we have as Christians to come along and say, oh, no, 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 you guys got it wrong. You guys who wrote these books, you got it wrong. These are actually part of the Bible. No, of course we're not going to do that. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. Now, there is some good historical information amongst them. 
some very biased historical information in, in, in certain cases, but there's some good historical information amongst them. And so... Um, you know they are worthwhile to study from the standpoint of you know some of them are worthwhile to study from the standpoint of history. Mm-hmm. Others of them are worthwhile to study from the standpoint of um, you know the culture of the times, the writing styles of the time, you know literary works, etc. Um, you know what novels looked like back then, uh, these kind of things. And so yes, they do have some value. They even have some value in giving an indication of the history of the intertestamental period, which is the period between the two testaments. Uh, but beyond that, no, these are not the word of God. Did you say Bell and the Dragon? That sounds like a you've Disney never, movie. You've never read the story of Bell and the Dragon. Is that like Beauty and the Beast? Because you know, her it's name very is much Bell. like a, it's very much like a Disney story. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that but does... it's, it's like you know, some people have it in their Bible. That's weird. Yeah. Have you read the Apocrypha? I've read most of it. I don't know that I've read all of it. Is it as good as the Bible? Does it have the same? Story? No, 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 no. no, no. Different style yeah, altogether. Very much, and you can very much tell that you're often you're reading legends or you're mm-hmm. reading a very biased political account. You know, so you, your first and second Maccabees is obviously you know very biased towards the Maccabean revolt, etc. So you're not having a diluted Christian experience because you're not no. reading the Apocrypha. No, not at all. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. And so then you come to, uh, oh, we could talk about the New Testament. We might have to leave that one for another time because we're just about running out of time over there. I'm just looking at that clock counting down. But there were a number of Gospels that Ooh. were contenders to be a part of the New Testament. Oh, by the way, while we're on the Old Testament, we should mention some of the Dead Sea Scrolls. People say, why aren't they all in the Bible? The answer is that there was a lot of Dead Sea Scrolls that have nothing to do with the Bible, and there were other ones that were commentaries. A commentary is not a part of the Bible. That's not what you put in the Bible. These were, you, know, you don't put a Bible commentary in there. Well, thanks for answering that. If you have a question, you can give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and ask us any question you like. We'll answer it for question of the day.
You're listening to Sila, Be Thou My Vision here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of our show. We have indeed. What's question of, What's the question of the day for tomorrow? Uh, well, we don't know yet. People send them in usually after the show's oh, over. You don't have one come through yet? And even if we did, we wouldn't be telling you. You've got to whet the appetite for tomorrow. Now you can jump onto our social media. I'm about to post it. Probably like the next half an hour, we usually we, we um, figure out what it's going to be. Okay, so if you've got a question for a question of the day, now is the time to give us a call so that you can get yes. in for tomorrow's show yes. or the next days or whenever. But 1-800-324-843 is the number. But that is also the number for... Our giveaway. Our giveaway. Free giveaway. Giveaway of the day. Uh, today we are giving away a Sandra Enterman music album. It's the album More Than Anything it has 12 beautiful songs on there, uh, a couple of old hymns and a couple of uh, newbies, really wonderful stuff. You can give us a call here. We will send it to you free of charge as long as you're the first person to call through. Okay, so that is 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 or contact us via social media. But let me just say this, just call. Yeah. Because... But- the other ways are too slow. Yeah, but you know, if you want to check out what our Q of the D is, sorry, just back to that briefly. Um, if you jump on our social media, we always post up what the question of the day is ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So jump on our, our Instagram and our Twitter, which is Faith FM Live, or on our Facebook, which is Faith FM Australia. And also we put up the answers for the previous questions of the day. Like I always film Lyle talking, um, telling us the um, the answer to the question of the day, and I also post a video answer. And that goes on to IG TV, right? Yeah, it goes to IG TV, uh, onto our Facebook posts, and, uh, and also we tweet it out. So if you ever have missed a question, um, you want to know what the answer is, just jump on our socials, all the info is there. Fantastic. Well, stay tuned, guys. We've got more great programming coming up. And, of course, don't forget that if you'd like to know more about the Bible, get in contact with us. We would like to make that happen for you so that you can learn more about Jesus Christ and His plan for your life.
fight in this battle Set yourself, stand ye still And see the salvation of the Lord with you O Judah Judah